the underdiagnosis of pediatric hypertension and what a new study recommends for future remedies. You're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special series on children's health. I'm Dr. Gary Cohn, your host, and with me today is Dr. David Kelber. Dr. Kelber is an attending physician in internal medicine and pediatrics at Harvard's Brigham and Women's, Boston Children's, and Mass General Hospitals. He's also the Assistant Residency Program Director for Mass General's Medicine and Pediatrics Program. Dr. Kelber has a PhD in Biomedical Engineering, and he comes to us today from his office in Boston. Today we're talking about the underdiagnosis of pediatric hypertension and what his new study recommends for future remedies. Before we start out on your study and what the recommendations are from that, maybe you could tell us just a little bit about yourself and how you came to this study. Sure. So I'm a, an internist and pediatrician really focusing in, in primary care. And one of the other hats that I've worn in the past is as medical director for a pediatric weight management program. So in this capacity, I was referred children who were overweight and typically as part of the, the first intake visit in this clinic, I would do a comprehensive history and physical and comprehensive review of all the information that we had about the child within our electronic medical record system. And as part of this, not infrequently, say once or twice a week, I would find that the child had hypertension. And it, it usually wasn't that it was just my blood pressure reading being the third one that made them hypertensive. It would usually be that this child had blood pressure readings that showed that they were hypertensive for many years, sometimes even six or seven years. And the reason it was only six or seven years because was because our electronic medical record system only went back to, to 1999. And so then not only did they have hypertension, but then the really startling thing to me was that no one seemed to have diagnosed it before, even though these children had had you know, all the well child care visits and, and had been seen in our healthcare system many times. You came to this study, and a few weeks ago in JAMA, you and your co authors published Under Diagnosis of Hypertension in Children and Adolescents. And uh, you came up with some, at least to me, surprising findings. Could you maybe summarize uh, that for us a little bit? In a nutshell, this was a seven year retrospective study where we looked at about 15,000 patients, about 50,000 well child care visits. And what we found in this cohort was that approximately 500 of these children had blood pressure measurements in these 50,000 visits that showed that they were hypertensive. Having said that, then only about 125 of these children seemed to have a diagnosis anywhere in the electronic medical record that was related to hypertension. So, you know, based on this, what we saw then, or what you know, what our our major result was, was that only about one in four children with hypertension has the diagnosis been made. What this means on the national level is that of the approximately 2 million children with hypertension in the United States, aged 3 to 18 years old, probably 1.5 million of them have hypertension, but we haven't figured it out yet. David, those are big numbers. Based on those kinds of results, what recommendations did you make on where we go from here. I think one of the things that's, that's fascinating to me about the recommendations is it, it has the potential to really involve the role of the electronic medical record in a new way. So, so what do we mean by this? So, you know, certainly you can start out by saying that, you know, one of the recommendations is that pediatricians just need to look better. You know, what was interesting in the study, a slight tangent here, but 
we actually saw that over 90% of the children actually had the blood pressure being taken as it was supposed to at all these well child care visits. So it's not a question that the blood pressures aren't being recorded, it's that they're not being interpreted. The one recommendation could be, well, is that we just got to teach pediatricians better about this. We sort of got to, you know, bang them over the head and say, you know, every blood pressure measurement you got to look at on the table, you've got to find all the previous blood pressure measurements. And certainly that's one way to go. But I would say, you know, even in my own practice, even though I'm hypersensitive to this issue, am I in every single child looking at every single blood pressure in every single case, you know, I'll be honest and say I probably miss it some hopefully small percentage of the time. And I'm even, you know, hypersensitive to that. So even if we take that approach, really what it's doing is putting more of the responsibility on the pediatrician, and we're still not going to get to 100%. Having said that, the electronic medical record could, if it's programmed correctly, really be flawless in this. So in the same way that we wrote a computer program really to analyze these 50,000 visits to see if the blood pressures met the criteria, a program similar to that could be integrated into an electronic medical record. There, if, if that was done, then it sort of switches the whole paradigm. So instead of the pediatrician being responsible for remembering to check the blood pressures, interpret them correctly, look at previous blood pressures, that responsibility, at least on some level, is turned over to the computer. And then what the computer would really end up saying is, this child has blood pressures that meet criteria for hypertension, you know, having done all these calculations in the background. And then it's the physician's responsibility to say, hey, you know, maybe I need to recheck it manually. Maybe, you know, I don't believe the computer in some cases, although hopefully that's not the case, so I'd go back and, and look at that. But then, in my mind, what, what's really the physician's skill is to say, okay, what am I going to do about this now? Do I want to start medications? Do I want to look for secondary causes? I mean, in my mind, that's where the, the physician's time and energy should be spent. It, it shouldn't really be spent on, okay, wait a minute, I've got to correlate the height with the age and the gender with today's blood pressure to see what the, you know, is this blood pressure normal and abnormal? Now, wait, I've got to find two other blood pressures in the past and refigure out the, the height and the, the age and all these sorts of things. That's a different use for many of us, I suspect. For those of you who are just tuning in, welcome to a special series on children's health on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Gary Cohn, and I'm speaking with Dr. David Kalber, and we're talking about the underdiagnosis of pediatric hypertension and what his new study recommends for future remedies. So, David, if I've got this right, then the electronic medical information system does some of the grunt work and the numbers crunching and provides the practicing clinic or physician uh, some red flags to look at at his or her leisure. It could. I mean, this is the whole area of, of medical informatics called clinical decision support. And I think it, it gets to this larger area. I would say I sort of run into this every day as a practicing internist and pediatrician. The information that is available in healthcare now is really tremendous. And I think it's very difficult in a, you know, 15, 20 minute, even a 30 minute routine visit to process all the information that might really be helpful to process for a particular patient. And I think that one of the challenges here is that right now, basically all of the information processing needs are put on the physician. On some level, I think that's right. But I think what this study starts to get at is this idea that, you know, because children aren't going to be coming in saying, hey, I think I have hypertension, can you look at that? This is a whole data set of information that is frequently being overlooked. 
So I think in the future, as more and more things become digital through electronic medical records, the idea will be, you know, can we build tools? And again, the hypertension, you know, I'm showing my study is just one of those areas. Can we build tools to help process the information that's in the electronic medical record for physicians. Any other recommendations that came to you or, and your team with the paper? There's sort of come at things from totally different angles. I mean, the one message, which I know the audience here is mostly physicians, but potentially some parents here too, one of the other recommendations is in the same way that you might ask your pediatrician or your child's pediatrician, you know, how is my child growing? How is their height and weight? I think another question to really add to that is, how is my child's blood pressure? So really that you're aware that children can have hypertension and then, you know, sort of in a gentle way, reminding your pediatrician if they haven't already to, to look at the, the blood pressures. I think another, and this sort of comes at it from a totally different angle, I think another issue that this study really points to is what does it mean for a child to have hypertension? So this is sort of where I, I think about the, the adult world and the pediatric world. The guidelines for hypertension in adults and what the, the normal prehypertension stage one, stage two, they're generally based on studies that look at morbidity and mortality. So, so there's good clinical reasons to treat blood pressures at those higher levels. Uh, having said that, in pediatrics, it's all based on percentiles. So we're talking about the 95th percentile is stage one, the 99th percentile of blood pressure is stage two. But what this means is that by definition, potentially 5% of children will be hypertensive. Having said that, we don't really know what that means you know, clinically for the future of that child. And so I think that's sort of an open question, and it sort of begs the issue is, you know, certainly this is underdiagnosis of hypertension based on the current way that we define hypertension in children. But I think it, it brings to mind, you know, are we really defining it in a way that's most clinically meaningful for children? In other words, even if we got 100% diagnosis, what does that mean for these kids in the future? Exactly. I mean, and certainly we know that, you know, a child in general is not going to die of a stroke or a heart attack from their hypertension, at least, you know, during their pediatric period. Some studies have already alluded to the idea that pediatric hypertension is a risk factor for adult hypertension. So from that standpoint, it's definitely important to recognize it. But, you know, have we defined pediatric hypertension in the right way, I think is, is still an open question. And I think, you know, given this huge underdiagnosis, it's something that's worth revisiting because one of the, the areas of feedback that I've gotten from pediatricians is, you know, once they sort of grudgingly admit that they don't really check the blood pressure themselves, some of it, I think, is a self-defense mechanism, but some of it is a lack of evidence where they really say, well, you know, I know what the guidelines say, but, you know, on some level, I don't really believe them, and that's why I'm not really checking because I don't really think it's that important. I mean, again, they're not really saying this, but I sort of reading between the lines, I think this is what at least some pediatricians think. What's next for you? Maybe any future research in this area? Are you thinking about addressing any of these open questions, as it were? Actually, you know, the, the reason I, I got on this from the medical informatics side is that really this was the, the baseline study to then develop this clinical decision support for pediatric hypertension. So, so the whole idea is now that I know how big a problem the underdiagnosis is, one of my goals is then to build a computer program within an electronic medical record system and then see how that improves the diagnosis rate. And I think, you know, what's important is not only the diagnosis rate, but then really that the management and treatment sort of long-term outcome. 
that's one area where, you know, this study was directly applicable to getting the baseline data. I think this study shows the way that the, the electronic medical record can be used to do clinical research that in the paper-based world is just not possible. So as I think of future research projects for myself, one of the issues is what are the other studies that I could do based on data in a retrospective way that's in the electronic medical record where I could come up with similarly profound findings that the studies could never be completed before there was a robust electronic medical record. David, I want to thank you for your time. My thanks to Dr. David Kelber, who's been our guest. We've been discussing the underdiagnosis of pediatric hypertension and what a recent study authored by Dr. Kelber recommends for future remedies. I'm Dr. Gary Cohn. You've been listening to a special series on children's health on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. If you have any questions or comments, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thanks for listening.